Avengers Infinity War. Now, nothing will ever be the same. Can anyone make sense out of all that's happened? These guys are going to try. Peter Melnick, local newspaper production associate, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And Eddie Wilson, upstate New York morning radio broadcast announcer in the Sullivan Catskills, inundated with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. What happens next? Listen up, true believers. It's time for another episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on the road with The Marvelous, live on location as of this recording. Eddie Wilson, along with Peter Melnick. Hi. Here with one of the owners of The Joker's Child in Fairlow, New Jersey, and it's Len Katz. Len, thank you very much for taking some time to talk with us. Not, not a problem, although officially the owner is Karen. Uh, cats. Well, that's the joke. I'm I, just, I'm just one of the lowly workers that yes, work here. The, the, but the highest of the lowly, the, I think. Of course, if that makes course. any sense. Oh, I think I included that so you would personally uh, start to mention her name as much as possible, yes. since she she wound up skipping out on this. She did skip out, but she did skip out with the grandbaby, who is yes. of course very important, and and his father. So yes, that's important. So we'll we'll catch up with with her another time. Um, we wanted to talk about. Oh, wait, uh, wait, wait! We still got our social media plugs, Eddie. Oh, that's right. See what happens when you let me introduce the segment? It happens. It happens. But before we get into our whole rigmarole, you know, the usual, you can go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelists. Give us a like on there and join the almost 10,000 likes on that page. We can hope. We, we're pretty close. We're at least nine something. Heaven isn't too far away, Eddie. Well, okay. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh. Those are good numbers. I, I don't think we have anything near that. You know, we, we do have our own Facebook and we're, yeah, website we're and stuff, which, no, I'm just saying 10,000 is a good number. Since the beginning of this year, 2018. We're also on Twitter at The Marvelists. Give us a like. Well, give us a follow on there. Sure. I think that would be a better decision. Oh, like, like, it's all good. I mean, you can like the Twitter account. You're like, oh, I like that account. It's very nice, very friendly. You can also follow myself on Twitter at Peter Melnick. Eddie doesn't do Twitter. Is Joker's Child on Twitter? We're on Twitter, but we don't do much there. So it exists. There's a Joker's Child. If you go to jokerschild.com, it'll give you all the links to everything. And Even Facebook? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of that stuff. Cool. Right on. But I, you know, I don't know what anyone does because all this social media stuff is beyond my, my comprehension. I'm not far behind you. But there you go. Nonetheless. We are on Instagram, though. On Instagram at The Marvelists. You can follow myself on Instagram at Peter Melnick and yourself. Eddie9193. And once again, Joker's Child. What was the 9193 mean? The 91 is the year I started doing radio up in Sullivan County. Okay. The 93 is the year I met my wife. Well, okay, that's very nice. I was asked to come up with a name for Instagram when. At Hope the you don't use those for passwords like 9193 or no. anything like that. Okay, I just want to point that out. I think it's just there. <laughs> Password 9193, literally. Whoops. I do know people have had passwords that were 1234, so just no, saying. No, and no. But is there password password? No, I actually, I didn't know anyone who did that, but. Anyway. Old game show. No yep. one will be able to figure that out, though. What's your password? You just said it. <laughs> also, you can find us on Stitcher Radio, stitcher.com slash premium. Use that promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And get a free one month of Stitcher Premium. And after that one month is over, you can be able to pay four ninety nine a month. But we want you to keep that. So when you're paying the four ninety nine, you're gonna be like, "Gee whiz, I'm enjoying this because of the marvelous." And Eddie get and a crap ton of events. And you can be able to listen to yeah, just a lot of stuff. The Earwolf podcast archives. What else? Uh, Weird Al Yankovic's archives of his concerts. He's been doing that this past year, so you can listen to all of that. 
and also the How Did This Get Made archives. And of course, the one that you all want to listen to the most, Wolverine The Long Night, which is actually going to be adapted into a comic book in 2019. Cool. We ordered that, so yes, it is definitely coming. And it it was based on a podcast. Actually, it might be coming in... 2018 might no it's, it's just gonna miss 2018 i think it's gonna be like the last week of december or something I, i'm not sure yeah. it's there in spirit though isn't it yes it, lo- it looks like a thing <laughs> big orange rocky what yeah. thing ever loving yes jinx <laughs> you owe me a soda great but grape yeah take that to yancey street you okay also you can listen to the show on a wide variety of platforms including <laughs> itunes tune in radio stitcher radio and once again, the biggest one, well, not once again, I didn't even say that, but Spotify. Yes, yes we're on Spotify. The most recent uh, acquisition. The quackquisition if we were ducks, business ducks. Thanks, Howard. Warg. Not bad, not bad. Thank you. <laughs> He's working on it. Also, send us an email in our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. <laughs> Throws me a curveball. See what happens? I whoosh, it was right by me. Hey. Fastball special. Thanks. Much. Colossus. Duh. But <laughs> as of this recording. He laughs so easily. I, I entertain myself. I mm-hmm. mean, lonely boy growing up. No, um, anyway, as of this recording on December 7th, 2018, something finally happened. What? The trailer finally came out for Avengers 4. And... We're going to be talking about it. If you haven't seen the trailer, is it really spoilers? Like we still don't know what's going on in the trailer. I didn't. I, I did see the trailer. I did not notice anything in it that was remotely spoilery or even remotely related to anything. Really, I think they went out of their way to put nothing in it to make it as vague as possible. It was more than vague. Yeah, it was two minutes and I don't know twenty five seconds of vague. Then perhaps, and, and one and a half of those minutes is you know. Actually, should I be spoiling the trailer? Talk about okay, it. Okay, fine. There's one and a half minutes of Tony in a in a, a spaceship, yes. and then and thirty seconds of somebody on a on a doorbell, and that was the movie. You know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it. Unspoiler is a spoiler. That's really yeah. good. The thing is, though, there are so many people that have watched the trailer already, and they have fan theories. They have this. Like, there's probably already someone writing their college thesis about this movie. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how far we've come? Yeah. Or regressed or something. Yeah. And one thing that somebody pointed out, and fan of the show Jeremy Bagley threw it on our Facebook, and I saw it on Twitter as well, the comparison between Captain America, the first Avenger, and this movie, him looking at the little pocket watch and the picture of Peggy Carter. Yes. And basically insinuating to the audience, oh boy, you know what this means, guys. He's going to make another sacrifice because he's looking at a photo of Peggy. And we might lose Steve again. Yeah, and I just think, you know, again, it's a trailer. So if you have nothing to do, you know, I think every movie they said, let's let's do a scene of you looking forlorn. We're not going to use it, but just do that, okay? And what's the, and what's the ratio or odds of, of some footage in a trailer not making it into the actual movie? They've done, like, is it, they is have like done 50, it. 50, 50, is it that big of a... Well, again, let's go back to the first Spider-Man movie and where's that World Trade Center? Oh. Well, that whole section was like just, it was a, uh, I was looking it up the other night, actually, so this is really perfect timing. They did that with Terminator 2 Judgment Day back in the day. The first trailer was no footage that was in the movie. It was just like made for a trailer. It's like, you know, be like, hey guys, we're going to make a movie about the Terminator, but none of this footage is going to be in there. <laughs> well, I think that probably the, the World Trade Center 
stuff would have been in there had there still been a World Trade Center. I, yeah. I remember, re- like, again, I was reading the article last night on uh, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. There were shots of the World Trade Center and digitally altered out of the movie. And also, while we're on the topic of that, by the way, there was a recent article over on, uh, I want to say it was on one of the Marvel Reddits. And they mentioned somebody that was supposed to be in the first Spider-Man movie. Apparently, Wolverine was supposed to be in the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. And the reason he never made it in was because Fox wouldn't lend him the suit. That really awful leather-looking suit. Well, yeah. That was news to me, or I just absolutely forgot it. I just found that out the other day. Okay, then I definitely didn't know it. Now you know. Now you know. So early Marvel Universe, Marvel Universe stuff. And it would have been all linked together, but no one wanted to lend him a suit. Well. And I mean, really... When you look at Wolverine, all you really need are like a pair of jeans, a dirty wife beater, and, you know, a hat. That's it. Although they did have some sort of humor footage of somebody dressed up as Wolverine as a, as a, because there's this, this, some sort of blooper out there of Wolverine running around. Was it Spider Man running around Wolverine or Wolverine running around Spider Man? I remember this, this, there's a blooper running around from back in 99, 2000, 2001, whatever it is that, that has that going on with it. So, You'd have to find it located. It's, again, it's in my ancient memory. It's not in my now memories. It's in my, my, my old memories. That means it must exist somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or it was just some kind of dream from whatever you had the previous dinner. Ah, could, could be both. And also, going back over to that Avengers trailer, what do you, Eddie, think is going to happen in, that, you know, in the movie overall? We did see a shot of him with his armor, Thanos' armor as a scarecrow. Okay, that clarifies that clarified a question that I had, so I, I couldn't quite. I only got one viewing of the trailer I meant to before we recorded. Some of it is obvious. Tony will get rescued. We're, I'm going to speculate Captain Marvel is going to see and or find him because she, we would assume, is responding to the call, the distress call that uh, Sam Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury made. So perhaps Captain Marvel is going to, in her travels to Earth, Find find Tony and rescue him. Uh, it's a good setup for him doing the recording as much as it took about that minute or minute and a half of the trailer. So uh, that, that kind of hooks you or brings you in. And then seeing some other footage of somebody at a doorbell. And who is at that least, somebody? At least you know, we, we can say that, I suppose, now, right? It's, yeah. it's Ant-Man. Bobby Newport. Bobby Newport. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll come back. He'll somehow get through even though everybody else that was uh, normal-sized got, you know, snapped away. And, Eddie, you actually made a comment. I believe it was a text to me today. What song should they have used in the trailer? Oh, they should have used the song The Power from the group Snap. Circa 1990 on that song would have been perfect to put it. Put it would have taken everyone out tone-wise. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. I've got as the power. It breaks out into song now. This is what I have to deal with, Glenn. So, so well, you know, have pity on me. Yes, I, I was just thinking, though, that the... Uh, My vocals are terrible? No, no, not at all. I was thinking that the, you know, whether or not Ant-Man... I, I saw a little bit of people speculating, well, how come Ant-Man... You know, it's like, well, he got rid of half of everybody, so Ant-Man wasn't one of those half. So, Correct. I, you know, I don't know why people automatically presume that these people went and... It's, it's supposed to be random. That's exactly right. So. And that's what... It's like a really unfortunate lottery. A really, really unfortunate lottery. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot more food for everybody now. Yeah, but everything, even the animals, even the plants. Somebody pointed that out, all living things, and yeah. Wait a minute. So then how come we didn't see half the trees disappear? I don't know. 
So trees are living things. Went to the cutting room floor, maybe. Uh, okay, uh, you know, what, too much time. A lawnmower. <laughs> lawnmower. I see where we're going. I suppose. But the other thing, the big thing you mentioned, mm. Hawkeye, and everyone's getting hyped about that because this means the character of Ronan is making his appearance in the Avengers movies. And I will say I got the goosebumps when I saw him just pull off the hood. That little thing he did with the sword, or was it a was it a bow or a sword? I'm going to go with, I guess, a bow across his arm. It was just such a cool visual. It does that thing and then turns around. Dramatic turn. Like, you, you know, it's superhero turn. Well, we knew Hawkeye was coming back. We just didn't know how, in what particular style, but he got a new haircut. For sure. On the topic, by the way, of the dramatic turns, I've noticed ever since in Deadpool they pointed it out, the superhero landings, we don't see superhero landings anymore, but now we're seeing a, like a big influx of the superhero turns. Well, superhero landings occasionally cause a, a break of an arm or a leg or something, and so that's always a, a problem. Definitely have to bring out the road crew to fix the, fix the road. In our preparation of our Blade uh, Trinity episode, we actually I noticed he does a superhero landing, and he's not even a superhero. Hmm. A talent blade is really talented i agree so let's go to the reason why we're here and that's to um do a little bit more for you the podcast listening audience now this is an establishment that len will tell us that uh, has been here for many many years and it's a store that i almost grew up coming to in uh, in bergen county so uh from the beginning what um what uh, year was it that you that you started? And it was on this same, uh, okay, the same road, actually. 1988, the store opened. As a matter of okay. fact, our 30th anniversary just occurred uh, this past Thanksgiving. We were open for 30 years, and we didn't have a celebration for that because we're thinking of doing something for the 30th anniversary year of our grand opening, which is this coming April. Or maybe we won't. We haven't decided yet because, you know, it's not it's not easy to decide what to do sometimes. No, I, I understand. But, yeah, 30 years, uh, we opened up a small store, which was down the block uh, where Carvel is now, which if you don't know the town, then you don't know what that means. Carvel ice cream with Fudgy the Whale. Oh, that's good. That's Thank good. You. Tom Carvel. I remember, yeah, this, I remember just that small it was a little space. tiny. It was a little tiny store, about six hundred and fifty square feet worth, and which cookie was cookie puss. That's right, cookie puss. Yes, cookie puss. Although Carvel was directly across the street from us when we were there, yes. and then they moved into our old location. I don't know what that means, right. um, but thirty years of doing this, and you know, we've seen a lot of things. Um, when we first opened. Uh, Batman the movie uh, first came out in 1989 right. and that pushed the store over because people were looking for anything Batman I, we actually remember that there were people that were breaking into people's cars to get their Batman sun visors oh you know the little cardboard sun visors but yeah people wanted anything Batman so it was just madness and so that you know helped start the store and we've been doing this for about 30 years so you know comics and toys and more comics, but you, uh, moved, you moved to this location in two thousand and eight. Okay. Uh, two thousand eight, yeah, eight, eight, no, nineteen ninety eight. I can't count. I would, I would go with all the numbers if the boss was here, <laughs> but she decided to, you know, vamoose, yes. vamoose with the with the grandchildren, Doing the family and, thing. We get it. Yep. Yeah, uh huh. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, retail's been a lot of fun. I I do like selling comics, and uh, as far as you know, the business itself, it's changed a lot over the years because. Uh, there's lots of other things that are in comics. Uh, there's a, a an attempt to try to bring more more social 
justice into the comic yeah. books, but you know, we, we complain about it a little. But for the most part, most of the comics are still very good. I thought as a comic book collector and reader that when digital comics came along, that would have taken uh it's you know given you a hit to a certain degree but I, I don't think it has no not 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 the business itself i i think it's interesting i i have an iphone i have ipads i have a kindle or two floating around reading books electronically is pretty comfortable reading comic books electronically is awful mm. because I, i'm the opposite i love doing it like digitally with the uh, panel by panel but the thing is, then the panels are, are pushing you along the page yeah. as opposed to you pushing the page along. It's a little weird. Uh, but also, I think most people who read comics digitally don't pay for them. Oh, I, I, I embrace Comixology's weekly sales. Well, see, now Comixology, this is funny. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to speak ill about too many things because, you know, I don't want anyone coming after me. But Comixology is one of those little pet peeves I have. So Comixology was really funny because they tried to get stores to embrace them as, like, put us on your website and we'll, uh, you know, show what's coming out this week. I don't know if you remember that because, again, a, a store that I will not name used Comixology as this is what's coming out this week. Now, Comixology is owned by Am Amazon. Yeah. Anything that's owned by Amazon that you're in the same business with, sooner or later, Amazon is going to uh, find out. We'll find out a way to to to, to screw you out of that business. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you feel about the word screw. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> anyway, but and I don't blame Amazon because I give Amazon a lot of money. You know, it's just so much easier if you need you know a certain box of vitamins or Isn't I don't know great? a sock. <laughs> you know, getting it from Amazon is very nice because you just it'll be there tomorrow morning and it'll cost you less money than had you not thought of it. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the thing. But comics, it's amazing. Amazon hasn't figured out how to sell comic books. They know how to sell electronic comic books. But the actual physical comic book, they don't know how to sell. Which, again, I thank my lucky stars every day. Just thinking that exactly, that it's a good thing for you. But, uh, but, but as far as comicsology as a thing, I can't embrace them for the reason that it is competition. But also, I mean, I'm happy that you're spending the money because the publishers need that money. Yeah. But also, the publishers, you know, they, they've tried very hard to, to push the electronic comics business along. And they've gotten very little acceptance. Marvel won't give up real numbers. You know, DC, I don't think, gives up real numbers. They just say, oh, no, we, the electronic sales are good. But, I mean, you, you really do like? I do. Uh, DC Universe, Marvel Unlimited, and what else? Uh, whatever sales are going on with, you know, comic So, I mean, what do you average pay for an electronic comic book that you're actually paying for what, the, on average the most for like a collected one will be like maybe six bucks okay but but see physically you don't own that you just you've just rented the ability to watch to, to i say watch it but look at it yeah. so spending you know money on comic books electronically i by the way this is again a horrible thing that I, I will admit to i do point out to everybody that if you read comics electronically it will cause brain cancer because uh, not not because it's true, but because I feel it should be. Because because the thing is that again, every every time you buy an electronic comic book, uh, a, a a a small child who was going to buy a comic book of the future dies, or something like that. Because it's 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 bad for this business. Uh, you you know obviously 
things that you buy electronically, I understand video, I understand music. Again, I give Apple Music a lot of money because now I own every album that Apple Music has for $15 a month. I do Spotify, so yeah. Okay, same thing. You know, it's it's nice to have. But with comic books, I swear, I, I need the, to have the paper when I'm reading them mm -hmm. because I find that the device on an iPad it's reasonably comfortable. Yeah. As soon as they make a foldable video device that you can twist around like a book, I think we're doomed. <laughs> but, um, but, but the bigger problem, and the reason why you need to always buy the hard copy, uh, a great example of that is what happened. And this is, this is actually, again, I've talked to DC, and I still don't know what's happening with this. Uh, Batman Damned. Read it. Oh, and I own it. You you read it and you own it. Okay, so so it's it's the the book that has the Batween in it. Yeah. Uh, so no, this is why I, I find this troubling. I've not been able to get a good answer from DC. One of the theories is that uh, DC's pushing their their black label. Well, well, no, they're streaming business. Oh, the DC universe. So the reason why, if you want to read the first issue of Batman Damned, this is where it gets a little weird. DC didn't reprint it. Now, if you were going to reprint it, you would obviously reprint it without the offending member. Yeah, they never re-released it. They never re-released it. So now, issue two ships this coming Wednesday. Uh, and so the sales of that book was you know, damaged because let's say we could sell 200 copies. We would have sold 300 copies if we were able to get another 100 copies of the first issue in a second printing. Yeah. Why? What is the business sense behind that? So, again, this was a big book. It was a push for the black label thing, and nobody can give me a good answer. So I don't know. Hopefully, you know, if, if, if somebody's listening out there, maybe they can get an answer. But uh, getting back to the, the electronic business, I understand it, but it obviously it doesn't do anything good for us, but I don't think that it hurts us really. Because I think that people still want to own things. And yes, you own a Batman Damned. If you bought the first issue of The Walking Dead, it's worth, you know, in and around $1,000. The electronic version of that is worth nothing. Matter of fact, and this is why I always found it troubling, um, you can't sell anything you bought electronically. Correct. You, and you, like you, certain ones like uh, Apple, if you have your Apple account and you pass away, Apple gets, does it, it, like no family gets that. Mm -hmm. Apple takes it back. Which is, it just seems, it seems anti-capitalistic. But again, you know, our society is maybe moving away from capitalism, so I, I don't really know yet. Yeah. But uh, these are the things that, uh, you know, that, that concern me. But getting back to the store story, though. So, you know, we've been selling comics. We have a, a computerized, you know, reserve business that we, we, we do. And uh, for the most part, we're all school. It's a mom and pop operation and, uh, and a couple of people that work here. And, again, we sell comics, do a lot of back issues. That's actually another weird thing. Um, the business itself, the business model in retail seems to have gone where a lot of comic book stores now are comic book gaming stores, which sell, you know, like role-playing games and they sell comics too. But the comics seem to be a very small footprint in the store. And I don't know what happens to the back issues because we, we do get a lot of people in here going, hey, you have back issues, which seems to be a, a thing that people don't do anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you like your back issues. so I you're sure do. I was told at least at one place that I've been to that I'm kind of a dying breeder. There's few people that are going after the collecting of the old issues themselves instead of buying a compendium or a compilation of some sort so they can read a story. But if you want to actually own it. Then but you, but then you have to wait for it, and so like if you want to read last month's whatever it is, 
and that store doesn't have it, then you're stuck. If you missed an issue... Wait a minute. Last month's whatever it is. Is that written by Donny Cates or is it written by Tom King? Because they write everything pretty well, much. Well, actually, more likely it's Donny Cates than Tom King. Tom King Tom King is, is very good and his Batman sells very well. But if somebody's looking for a back issue, it's more likely to be the Donny Cates than the Tom King. I can't wait for Cosmic whatever it is. That's going to be a great one. That's supposed to be, or, you know, or Venom whatever it is or whatever. <laughs> anyway, but but again, so... We'll get somebody in here, and uh, the 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 boss does always, you know, say that it seems that we get a lot of. I've been looking everywhere for this, and of course, you know, we're the last store that people come to because they'll have it here, and so that's why we're the last store that people uh, come to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it seems that that's a dying breed more than than let's say you as a a buyer mm-hmm. of back issues because you know if you can't get them, you end up having to go on eBay. Again, competition for a store like this is is eBay because, you know, whereas people used to go to conventions, nobody goes to conventions to buy back issues anymore because they don't have back issues at conventions anymore. If you go to the New York Comic Con, the San Diego Comic Con, whichever Comic Con, there's no comics in there. There's toys. There's weird, you know, convention exclusive things. I'm very oddly specific with what I'm looking for too, like much like Eddie. Eddie has like very specific books. He's so then you'd for. be part of that same dying breed. Yeah, and like I'm looking right now, like I have my list, and I used to have a bigger list before I lost the entire thing. But the two books I'm always on the hunt for. Every con I've been to, I went to New York Comic Con this year in 2018, couldn't find it. Marvel preview 11 and 15, second and third appearance of Star Lord. If it- if we don't have it, by the way, we'll turn it up eventually. I, we did look, and we didn't have it. But the thing about that is that I, I, I tell the story about when I was a kid. So you go back to 1973, 4, and 5. Uh, if you went to the Phil Suling New York Comic Art Convention, it was in a hotel ballroom. And although you'd only have maybe 5,000 people showing up to one of these shows— Every single comic that was ever printed was in that room. Every single issue, a full run of every issue of Spider-Man, every issue of Batman, every issue of Hulk, every issue of whatever it was. Even Gorgo. Yes, even Gorgo by Steve Ditko. Very nice. Um, but yes, but, but it was in the room. And again, you go to a comic show now, and there are no books there. Because again, there's no reason for them to be there. Because there's other outlets for that. There's stores. There were no stores back then. I mean, there was maybe one or two comic stores in New York City proper back then. They were just back issue stores. And now, of course, there's lots of stores, although not as many as there were in the 90s. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, yeah. There was one by uh, us that used to be around, if you remember, uh, in Monticello. There had been, yes, exactly. And I don't remember the extent of what they had, but they, they did have some, some good things there. What, Len, you reminded me of is that I'd been to recently one hotel, mm-hmm. and they had a sort of a little comic book thing going on. But yeah, that was fun, though. Yeah, and I think really it was, I, I counted, I think there were about 22 dozen individual vendors, which I think were not so much stores as individuals who were selling their collections. And so there was a lot of back issues there. But I'm but willing to bet were, you that there were more comic books at that show than there is at the New York Comic Con. It's very or the possible. the San Diego Comic Con. Because again, it's, it's, unless it's CGC graded, and it's the first appearance of, you name it, it's not going to be a random issue of everything. And again, I go back to that old convention. Every single book, because you, if you wanted it, it was there. Yeah. And that doesn't exist anymore. We try to be that here, but again, you know, not 
tooting our own horn because you're in the store, so I have to go rah rah our store. Mm-hmm. But but seriously, very few stores want to do this anymore. Um, they want to just blow it out and you know move on to the next thing because things aren't because they're not moving. I guess no. Or I, I mean, uh, so what was? What did we sell today in backers? I'd have to grab a piece of paper and take a look, but I'm not going to do that. Right. For me, you got Giant Size uh, Supervillain Team Up number two, Avengers 154 to 156. Good memory. And Incredible Hulk 301 and 310. There you go. Well, so, I mean, the things that are selling here mostly in back issues would be the last six months of whatever. But again, we stock the last six months. That's uh, that book, whatever again. Mm-hmm. The last six months of, you know, name the book. This would. would um, <sighs> What's the Hulk book called? The current Hulk book? Immortal. Immortal, thank Immortal. you. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just my brain is full. Mm-hmm. So Immortal Hulk is is actually unrelated to the Hulk. It has nothing to do with the Hulk. It's this great horror comic where so what can we do to the Hulk? And so, you know, they, they slice him, they dice him, they put holes in him. Ouch. And, of course, he's immortal, so no matter how you kill him, he'll be back the next issue. It's kind of like, uh, you know, what's, what's the guy from South Park? Kenny. Yeah, it's Kenny. the immortal Kenny. <laughs> So well, no matter what you scratchy. do, he'll be back the next issue. Itchy and scratchy from The Simpsons, too. Yep. Although less so. Anyway, yeah. but 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 that's what what a comic book store should be, in our opinion. Again, every place is different. Again, a lot of gaming, a lot of other things, a lot of in-store stuff. I just we don't do that here because we're mostly comic books. We sell gaming product. We've always sold toys and action figures and stuff. But more importantly, we're here to sell comics. Is there some certain things, and it's probably not relegated to a certain time of year, but are there certain things that seem to move and people are looking for more than other things? No. It's just, no, it's, 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 just a, it's all pretty much, if if the business is, is going well, it's generally steady. Mm-hmm. You know, along, along the summertime, there's a little bit of, you know, still people buying comics for camp. And along the holidays, there's a little bit of, you know, buying Christmas-related things, more statues, more, you know, toys and things. Okay. But but for the most part, it actually has always been whether or not the publishers are doing their job. And mm-hmm. lately, that's why, you know, again, the boss said, try not to gripe too much about the publishers. And I'm not going to. But in the case of Marvel, DC's been doing a pretty good job of holding up their end of the bargain. Marvel's been doing less so, and not because of any particular publishing plan, but they put out less comic books that are in any way in demand. Spider-Man will always be good. They brought back the Fantastic Four. It's selling extremely well. Okay. Avengers sells, X-Men sell, but then, you know, occasionally they'll wander off the reservation by putting out a book that nobody wants and yet they will keep trying trying to sell books that nobody wants. Randomly, you know, unbeatable Squirrel Girl or... I, I was going to say, because you, you said about stocking and keeping the last six months and that kind of thing, time, I guess, has taught you as a business person how... Many of um, an issue, some coming out to to have in store. Uh, Sometimes, but but we occasionally will will do that wrong. So you know, we we try to to be on top of it, but it'll go both ways. Sometimes we'll be right on the money, and sometimes we'll completely guess wrong and have too many of something. Is there a range of how many you, you've said? Well, you know what, I need thirty copies of this. I'm, I think I'm going to sell that much, or I need. 58 copies. We do have an ability to look up how things have sold previously, and we try to to aim that. But the problem is now, you used a good example of the Donny Cates. So basically anything that he's writing, you know, he's right now like the hottest writer at Marvel. And so as long as that's what's going on, then 
then it will sell well. Mm. The problem is that enough exposure at some point, and there'll be too many of things by Donny Cates, and hopefully he doesn't spread himself too thin. Like Brian Michael Bendis back in the day, and I love Bendis. Well, you see, Bendis is interesting because I, I read Ultimate Spider-Man, and I do occasionally read comic books, by the way. Did I mention that? Uh, okay. We kind of took it for granted, I Why think. Not? Hey, I... There's how many else store gonna... owners who never read comic books. But I don't read gonna... that stuff. I'm just selling them, man. How are you going to know your stuff, though? Because you got cliff notes all the way no, around. You just, you just look at the numbers. You could do it just based based on numbers. Yeah. You know, it's just that you know, it could be like selling widgets or selling you know like uh, hardware. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the reason why there are no hardware stores is it's not because people didn't collect them. It's that you know the 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 Home Depot came. Yeah. But this this happily still again hasn't come here yet. Um. There's no right number of how many things to keep or things to sell. It's just that we try to we try to have a, a 90% sell-through. That's, I think, the number. Because right. none of this is returnable, which not everybody always knows. And uh, so if you don't sell 90%, you won't pay the rent. Yeah. But, uh, but, but you know, we want everyone to be happy and enjoy this stuff. Uh, DC occasionally will have a book that, you know, doesn't make any sense in the uh, – in the line either, but they keep mm-hmm. trying to bring it back, you know, because they have a, a oh, that's again, Casey. My mind will wander, but but there's a thing going on where there's a person in charge of Marvel whose name is Sana Amanat. She's the vice president of diversity and product something or other, and she will always talk about Marvel as a a lifestyle brand or a this and that brand. In other words, we're all about selling comics. We don't care about what Marvel wants to do with the movies or you know, I mean we we care, but the movies aren't selling comic books other than to sell comic books. So if we're selling more comic books because people saw the movie, that's great. Yep. But they're talking about how can we extend this into other things like uh, you know, leveraging it against yeah, toiletries yes. or makeup or God knows what. Mm-hmm. And this is not what we're going to be doing. Mm-mm. Well, the but, funniest thing is there are people out there who will go see the movies and they'll go, oh, that's based on a comic book? And they'll either go one of two things. What's a comic book? Mm-hmm. Or number two, where can I find a comic book? And they have no idea. Well, and that's a good point too. Marvel has taken comic books out of everywhere that they could sell them. With exceptional Walmart, they have a new line of books where the DC does. It was a DC. Yeah, Sorry, DC, I apologize. They, uh, 100 page giant. It was. Right, well that's that's cool. I'm happy that they're trying to put comic books. But Marvel and I think DC both took comic books out of like Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Because oh, okay. and and you know newsstands don't have comic books anymore. Mm, yeah. What's a newsstand? I mean, do newsstands exist? Uh, in New York City? Maybe. Yeah. I mean there's one or two around, but you know the, the problem is that there's nowhere for people to be exposed to comic books. One of the reasons why our free comic book day is like so like big is we want to remind people that things exist uh we give out about ten thousand comic books for free comic book day see about a thousand people and it's nationwide so hopefully other stores are you know pushing it but yeah not everybody knows what a comic book is anymore that was one of my follow-up questions was yeah one of the events that's done here in other stores for at least the last 16 years i guess is free comic book day always the first saturday in may and however it got established to that day fine whatever um, it was okay in May, that day, I say. Well, it was sure once didn't. not in May. It was once in July. It was oh, once on really? July 4th weekend, oh, and that went terribly. Oh. I would imagine. Because the thing is, that it's now the first Saturday in May every year, which always coincides with the big Marvel movie of that year. 
every year. Coincidence or yeah, the last two years they haven't done it now. Like this year and next year is going to be uh, no Marvel movie that weekend. No, no, there is. Isn't that when uh, April? Yeah, what, end, April? End, end of April. End of April. What? The Avengers Four. Avengers. I, I Endgame. could it was the first weekend in. Nope, not I this think year. it got moved. So okay, but if they push it a week before, that's still <laughs> that's still exactly the same You're time. Still I don't in know. The neighborhood. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? Actually, it's better if it opens a week before because then people will show up for free comic book day because they saw the movie already. Yes. Whereas you know that Saturday you have a choice: do I go see the Avengers movie or do I get my free comics? And unfortunately. If you're not a comic book reader, it's like, well, what are comic books anyway? You're right. So I, I like the idea if it's a week before. It should always be the week after the big movie. So I like that even more. Well, going back to about 1988 or, or even before that is what the question is that I'm thinking of. Had you ventured into having a store before that or that's just when it started with that location in, in that year? No, that was the only time I thought of opening a store. I was, uh, I was unemployed for about a year or so. Uh, from my previous job, I was I worked in electronics selling VCRs. Wow. Well, that was a job, you know. Yes, but yeah, I was. I actually had a, a felt a kid. Did everybody here see Stranger Things? Yeah. No. I felt a kinship to Bob from season two. Oh. Yeah. With vampire teeth. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, only because you know this was the guy. Not that I had any interest in an AV club, but but the fact that you know that this was the guy who you know knew how to do all of these things because. I, I couldn't. I couldn't really program well in BASIC, but I absolutely could hook up a VCR uh, <laughs> or, or cable or whatever. But the thing was that 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 was it was just entertaining to see that. But uh, I got out of it at a good time because at some point, like the week after, I no longer did that. I think VCRs were like five dollars at you know mm-hmm. at every store, and the tapes were free. And then you know CDs came and DVDs, and it was all over. But happily, I wasn't doing that. So I opened the comic store. I felt that we would not be as likely to be screwed by technology. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, that was true up to a point. So there. The thing is this, though. I love, you know, I collect records, Mm -hmm. and I collect cassette tapes. I collect VC, you know, I collect VHS. I still feel like there's always going to be a demand for that. Do you collect VHS still? Yeah. So I have to ask you a question. So you must have like an old school crappy TV. I I use a regular TV for it. Yeah, you know, I figured HD. you have to because the thing is, I was doing this the other day. I have like a, we bought. I'm going to let you tell a story because I'm I'm taking over here. But I we recently bought a a reasonably inexpensive but 4K digital TV. They're five hundred dollars now, and it's a beautiful TV. And then I hooked up some old video to it, and it looked like it was run through like a, a washing a street car in a washing machine. Anyway, so you I love that to say. though. I love that old school. You know, like feel to it and just like the muddiness of it because it it has like a level of uh like character to it you know what i mean but the muddiness is more about having your eyes checked the, <laughs> the, the tv that you're playing you know so if you have like like you need a like a really good old school like sony you yeah, know to play CRT. it on like, no, like it could be a 20 inch could be 25 quasar inch. let's go there by motorola and then not by motorola sorry i o- <laughs> i only use phony and uh banasonic mm. ah. and magnet box magnet box um, so I have a laser disc player upstairs that, you know, is also, you know, that, uh, we, we actually had a customer who like just said, I have all these laser discs. I'm going to throw them out. I said, I'll take them. <laughs> and so we have, I, I don't know what I'm doing them because they're worthless. But, uh, the thing is old video, it basically, that, that's a great example of how, you know, you would have invested thousands of dollars mm. on VHSs or 
laser discs or you know anything. You know, DVDs even. DVDs look terrible on a new TV. Yeah. Terrible. Oh yeah. It's the only one that really matters is 4K and Blu-ray. Yeah. That's about it. You know, I I mean even 1K is okay on a, you know, new TV, but but it's just incredible how the technology just became trash. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's fun to watch old equipment. So it's good to be retro. But oh my god, so yeah, so you have you collect old VHS. Now, I could see collecting VHS because I'd like to see the old commercials. I don't yeah. care about the TV shows because, you know, the TV shows you can replace with, you know, new prints of the TV shows. Okay, so now I have to ask, and this again has nothing to do with the store or comics or anything else. <laughs> so, do you like original series Star Trek? Yeah. So, the new 4K versions of them have new digital special effects because it turned out that the old special effects, which were gorgeous on the old Star Trek TV show, were done in 16 millimeter and look like, again, they were run through a washing machine once you put them up on, in 4K. Yeah. How do you feel? Is that sacrilege or is that cool? I like maintaining the original artistic vision of it, you know? And that's why when I hear, uh, you know, with Star Wars, with George Lucas, where he goes through his, you know, his whole thing, it's his artistic decision to do, you know, CGI, you know, uh, Jar Jar, his wife back, you know, everything, like all of this stuff. Like, I would prefer just the original version, the way it was meant to be. Uh, in the case of Star Wars, I agree, although, you know, the replacements for that stuff, uh, I, I saw them both, and the, there was nothing wrong with the original. So, yeah. yes. In the case of Star Trek, though, it was a mess once you tried to blow it up to a higher resolution. So that was it, the reason they did that. Yeah, I have like the uh, collection the uh, collection on DVD that came out and seeing the uh, modified you know, special effects. That does help. Mm-hmm. That definitely does help. Okay, but wow. But there is VHS. So when you're collecting VHS, what is it that you're looking for on VHS that you have? I like looking for, you know, like uh, cheesy action movies, um, cheesy 80s horror, stuff like that. And just... Things like, you know, that bring back the warm wave of nostalgia. Again, I would want the commercials. I swear. It's just, <laughs> I love looking at, you know, matter of fact, if you have like enough, like, I guess, crappy old commercials, you could always, you know, sell them to the people making uh, uh, Stranger Things because they always need stuff like that. If you have old cereal boxes, you're the guy. I love stuff like that. I love the, uh, I love right now the whole wave of uh, retro. Mm-hmm. Like, I play uh, video games on the Nintendo Switch and, like, there's a, uh, old school Nintendo you can play the NES like you know Mario Brothers and uh, Dr. Mario and stuff in my back pocket right now I have a card which has 100,000 retro games and it needs to be hooked up to a Raspberry Pi computer Hyper Pi yeah so I have I have the card and it's got the games it's, it's like, so cool isn't it but unfortunately I have to I have to still finish doing the setup so <laughs> this card's gonna sit in my back pocket for like a year until I get around to doing that, but you know. But the cool thing about like on the Switch with that, mm. like they have one feature, mm. and they they have it on the NES Classic, Super Nintendo Classic too, called CRT filter. And oh, so you it makes it that. yeah, and it looks nice. just like it. So now on a big TV, it looks like it. But does it look good like it, or does it look bad like it? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> Which eye is open? I mean, <laughs> okay. And now back to comics. So yeah, we'll read comics on a CRT TV next. Yes. Well, um, again, going back to computers from the the 80s, if we're gonna, and again, this has so much to do with comics. Go back to computers in the uh, early 80s, late 70s. They were actually on TVs. Like if you bought an Atari 400 or a VIC 20 or whatever it was, you'd hook it up to your TV, and it was just it was tragically bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the video looked okay if it was a picture, but if you're trying to read text, it was. It was wavy and all yeah. sorts of business, you know. Yep. But, eh, you know, retro, kind of cool. So, comic books. 
Um, the business itself is is steady, but I said the biggest problem we have now is Marvel really did go out of their way to not stick with what sells. For for two years, we had no no Fantastic Four because because yeah. the guy the vendetta. Who, well, but that's ridiculous. Mm. How do you have a vendetta against your own product? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you know, I, I can I can be angry, but I'm fine now. Let me ask you, what was the comic that got you into reading comics? Spider-Man. Amazing, spectacular team-up, ultimate? It had to be amazing because none of the others existed yet. Exactly. So um, the first comic book I ever bought was Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 100, which I bought at a bungalow colony in upstate New York when I was a kid. Sounds like where we are, Sullivan County. (laughs) Uh, It was. It was uh, Woodburn. Yeah, perfect. That's it. Uh, so anyway, our so, area code. So I, I, I'd walk down from you know where, where we stayed for the summer to there was a little drugstore had a spinner rack, mm-hmm. bought an Amazing Spider-Man for fifteen cents. It was fifteen cents at the time. Yep. Um, and the thing was, I know I read every book from that point forward because I had to go buy them and find them, and you know I beat the crap out of them. So it wasn't like I was collecting; I was reading them and then just. You know, but uh, when I get uh, used, you know, when I buy a comics like in a back issue bin, and I see it's like kind of tattered. I want that one because it was loved. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was enjoyed. I'd rather have that or than, abused. You know. It was. Yeah. I first saw comic books like that at the barbershop, cover missing, and just at the bottom of the pile, or you know, kind of discarded, like it was just something to pass the time while you were waiting or sitting in the chair, and uh, that was yeah, kind of the start for me. Well, the amazing one hundred that I bought. Uh, I remember certain things about it. So it was the one where Spider-Man grows six, well, four arms because he wants to get rid of his spider powers. So they've always brought him bad luck. And it was issue 100, so that was important. And so he had to take an enzyme, which in my head I spelt enzyme, or pronounced enzyme <laughs> because I never saw the word before. Correct. So yeah. I, could, I could read, but I didn't know. It. So anyway, I remember that. And uh, I know that enzyme was a catalyst because he even said so. It's an enzyme or a catalyst. Anyway, so these are things I remember. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, he grew the arms. The next issue, of course, is worth tons of money because of the first appearance of Morbius, uh, the living vampire. And then issue 102, I can even see this happening. So issue 100 was 15 cents. Issue 101 was still 15 cents. And it said it's still 15, still 15 cents. cents. Issue 102 was 25 cents. A big jump. Marvel was going after the same thing DC was. DC went from 15 to 25, and they were 25 cents for 52 pages for like a year. Right. Marvel okay. did it for a month because they couldn't fill the books or I, I don't know what. So the next book after that was 20 cents, which yes, to I me seemed the 20... like seen sums of money. Yeah. 15, 20 cents. What are you doing here? <laughs> anyway, but uh, that's what got me into Spider-Man. And then I kept on going. I collected, I think, till issue 200. And then I sold all my comics. Uh-huh. And that was the end of that. And then years later, I started reading them again. So would have been weird. Is. You just never got back into comics, and somehow this is just a this is illusion. just a dream. Um, what what other anecdotes, comic book related to to my collecting? That was about it. Um, the first comic book I ever possessed wasn't the Spider Man. It was a Captain Marvel number, I think fifteen, which was bought for me when I was sick, and that was a year or two earlier. And I even wrote the date on it. It was July something. 1969. So there we go. We were talking mm-hmm. about that earlier about the moon landing, but I remember writing it on there. And when I sold all my comics when I was 18, I ended up buying collection. Let's say another 10 years after that, and I got that book back. Not the same book, but the exact same book that I wrote on. That you were. Oh wow! 
and that was, you know, so I still have that somewhere. I'm sure it's stashed in a closet. Um, but yeah, that's 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 that. But comic books, I always liked them. I always thought it was it was it was fun to read with pictures. I've read books with words, and you know, for the most part, it's it's funny. When I was a kid, reading comic books, you know, was frowned upon, and now parents are just overjoyed if the kids read anything. It's like mm-hmm. here, little Johnny, read a comic book. It's like ah, uh, no, it's got pictures and words. No. <laughs> But, you know, it's juvenile. That's what I thought when I was starting to realize what they were. That that DC, for example, seemed to be writing down to, to little kids, teenage, if that, younger than that. And I gravitated to Marvel. For, no, for Marvel the way it was, was, you know. was much hipper, but they, they yeah, knew how to be. I say that, exactly. You know, they, they basically knew about psychedelics and all sorts of other stuff. So <laughs> if you were reading a comic book in the late 60s, early 70s, it was definitely, you know, what was the stuff that uh, Harry Osborne OD'd on? Uh, he was doing a lot of pills, it looked like. Although it, yes. seemed, it seemed that he was tripping all the time, it seemed that it was pills that he was taking because all the pictures of him with pills. And, and the circles around the frame of the yeah, panel. There was a lot, a lot of pills going on. Harry, Harry liked the pills. Although Speedy liked the heroin. Yes. From Green Arrow. Green they Arrow. somehow went darker than they did. Yes. Well, that. Green Arrow was dark, you know. Oh, yeah. So, But, uh, you know, they all got... But you see now... That was actually good. And that was that was legit social justice, though, where they were trying to, you know, point out the the things that aren't good about drugs. But um, you know, as I said that was that was good. The reading was good, and you know, they had things for different ages. If you take an old EC comic book from nineteen fifty, whatever the heck that is, uh, fifty two, yeah. fifty three, yeah. those yeah. those those were very wordy comic books and not aimed for children. And of course, what did they do? Those were the comics they used as as uh, evidence that we were destroying children. Oh yeah, and then because, Bill Gaines came up and screwed everything up. Well, you know, Bill Gaines. The thing that was great is that uh, they should have kept printing EC comics in black and white. So as soon as that whole thing went down, where they they created the comics code, um, they were all banned. Basically, anything that was intelligent or good, and so they kept Mad Magazine going by just going to magazine format. Yeah. And then they weren't going to be – it had to do with the format. So comic huh. books had to be approved, but magazines didn't. So I don't know why all the guys that published horror magazines didn't just go to publishing horror you – know, I mean, horror comics didn't go to publishing horror magazines. Yeah. The only thing they kept, um, EC basically, was Man Magazine, which, of course, is now owned by DC Comics. The distinguished competition. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marvel and DC had that fun. Now, now they don't get along anymore, Marvel and DC. So. I mean, in the interest of fairness, we just got Ambush Bug showing up in Spider-Man and Deadpool. Did I miss that? It was in, I believe, issue 41. It's it's very much... it's Okay, bug. so it's it's kind of like a appearance, sort of. And then literally in one panel, Deadpool goes, why did you ambush us, Bug? And then the next panel turns to the viewer and goes, did you catch that? <laughs> Verbatim, did you catch that? That's funny. So didn't see it. I guess you know. I don't read everything though. I didn't hear about that until a friend of mine put it up on Facebook. I'm just like, wait, that happened? Well, I still point out to everybody the first appearance of uh, Lobo, which is Omega Men three, I think. Eight, eight. I think it's three? eight, eight, three. Whatever, whatever that is. Um, the first person that Lobo kills is Fred Hembeck. Oh my. Take a look. It's I Fred Hembeck. I have to look that up now. Because it, it, they call him Humbeck, but it's he, it's actually drawn, the guy's face is drawn like a Hembeck drawing, oh, and they basically, he flicks his nose and sends it out the back of his head. 
So, Damn. so it was, it was it was good murder, you know. Omega Men. Omega Men from the eighties. Uh, yeah. Okay. 80s, I may 80s. I may have it. I have to look. Omega Men. Eight. Wait, I keep saying three eight eight might be right. Might be three. I don't know. Eddie, I'm you not looking own it up. A, you own a DC book? Oh, stop! I told you that's where my very very beginning was. Weird War Tales and the Unknown Soldier. I like Weird War Tales. And then I went to a convenience store, Spinner Rack. X-Men 114, and some other assorted titles, Marvel, and that's how we got started. And yes, the first Marvel comic book for me was number 61 of Marvel's superheroes featuring the Incredible Hulk. Well, as far as, as, far as the business itself, though, I, I do like to ask people what you know, they're interested in. I asked you as far as you know, the electronic parts, but you obviously buy hard copies of things, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I still don't know if... If they weren't printing comics, would they still be making comics at all? Because, the, again, the electronic comics, I don't see as a profitable thing because I don't see how they, they will continue to pay people. Yeah. You know, because the, the interest in it, or at least the, the amount of people buying them, I don't think will pay for the, the format. To so I think, itself, I think you yeah. need to sell the print and the electronic yeah. versions. And as long as both of those exist, They'll be fine, but I think once the the print versions go away, will they still produce new versions of the electronic version, or will they, they'll produce them? But they'll find some horrible way to produce them. Mm. So they'll find some way to outsource the art. So you know, you'll have people in some foreign country, you know, producing the writing and the artwork. You go, why is all the spelling and artwork terrible? Well, you know, because at some point, why not produce a cartoon? Yeah, cartoons are more fun to watch on your phone than a comic book. Yeah. Uh, True. Other than Free Comic Book Day, you've had, I guess, other events at the oh, store? No, the, the store has events. We have signings. Mm -hmm. We we try to, to keep them to a minimum because uh, we really do like the people to come in and buy their comics unmolested. <laughs> and the thing is that, again, if you ever go to a gaming store that sells comic books and you go on Friday Night Magic Night. Oh, the odor. You're, you're, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there, but yes, there, it's not so much that, but the idea that you're not shopping in the store unmolested, in that people are loud and they're partying and they're they're playing the game, and and so you know if you want to just shop for a comic book, it's a little hard to do. I will not name the store. Okay, I guess we, you know, I I should never name any store ill. Although most stores that I go to, I like. So yes, the, this is a store I like as well, but the one I went to. They were hosting a mag like Magic or Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon or something, and they put you their can tell back it issues. by the age group, you know. So if everyone's over 20s. the age of fifteen, it's probably Magic. Yeah. If everyone's like eight, it's probably you know Pokemon. And if they're between like if they're like between ten and thirty, it's like Yu-Gi-Oh because there's a weird range there. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, when I went there, I I found a bunch of back issues. And I couldn't get to them because there were people playing Magic and just jammed up against the back issue thing, so you couldn't even do anything. Well, we have complaints in the store occasionally. Uh, we get our shipments, in case anyone doesn't know this, uh, we get our shipments of new comics every Tuesday. So we have to unpack them. We unpack them on the bins, which is where we have our back issues because we use those as kind of like tables because if we had tables, then there would be no room in the store at all. That's right. So we, we unpack them there, and people get upset because like, – I wanted to spend money there, and they were unpacking stuff. Tuesdays tend to be very slow because new book day is Wednesday, and so we need to be ready to go on Wednesday. Yeah. But it just it upsets people. But, yeah, I understand. The thing is that 
you have to decide what your business is. If your main business is gaming and you sell comics as a, a sideline, then yeah, then you take care of your gaming customers. Yeah. If your main business is comics and gaming is your sideline to have, you know, your your store covered with gaming stuff. Also scares me. Let me ask a question. Did they have like pizza and soda throughout the store? No. Okay, this is something I've seen in, in, in gaming stores. Pizza and soda. We have like big signs which aren't up right now that say no food or drink and you know, otherwise we might kill you or something. We have that when you first come in the front door. Yeah. That's definitely prominently displayed there. A friend of mine actually went to the comic shop by us mm. and goes, oh, do, uh, I'm thirsty. Well, I'll just get a drink in the comic shop. And we just looked at him like he was psychotic. Like, why would they, why would they even have that in the first place? He's like, oh, they normally have that kind of stuff. I'm like, what, they sell drinks? I, the comic shop I used to go to by my college, uh, in back in the day, the comic shop in Oswego, New York, they did sell sodas. They did sell candy, but you drank it outside of there, as far as I know. So that's Oswego. the end of that. Answer. That's near Canastota. Oh. Uh, well, near it's Syracuse, near where there's also I think uh, play the game, read the story, or something. Yeah, no, the, the, this store's up there. It's it's interesting because if you open up a comic store in and around a uh, a school, it may not go well because the thing is that you know you don't have let's say loyal customers because if they make it if they're the most loyal customers, they're not going to be there for more than four years. Yeah, yeah. unless you know they're they're, they're super loyal, life, in which case they'll students. be there for six seven years, <laughs> and and then eventually they run out of money. Some people go to school for eight years. Yeah, those are doctors. Yes. Yeah, and usually they're not buying comics because they have no more money. Very expensive to become a doctor. Yeah, no question. Well, anyway, any other questions I can answer for you? Did you want to become a doctor? No, no, no. As a matter of fact, uh, so you know, again, sold comic books early on before I had a store. Sold VCRs, but once I had that year off of not doing anything because I was temporarily unemployed. Um, I, I really wanted to do this because I thought it would be fun. It looked like something I could do, and it worked out okay. So, and congratulations, of course, on on the thirty years. And uh, it just means that I I didn't think of something better to do in those thirty years. No, but thank you. Must have done a few things right to keep it going for so long, and uh, and still you know still be here. I, I was going to ask too: Is there anything that comes to mind that uh, makes you stand out as this store, the Joker's Child? And we're not talking about Harley Quinn, because the name came along long before She's that character was even. Well, again, I'm you know, incest, extra- I'm extrapolating the, here. The, the store's name is the Joker's Child because uh, we were trying to think of a name, and uh, this was before the Batman movie came out, so yep. Batman wasn't even a thought. Boy, you have perfect timing. Well, again, we mentioned that earlier, but yes. So um, the the idea was that. Uh, it, it had something to do with a, a look on, on my face and, and the boss. Somebody had suggested Joker's Wild, like the, uh, the, you know, like the, game? Like the game show or whatever. Wow. And, and then she came up with the Joker's Child, and there it is. Yeah. There's some version of that that you can hear from her. But again, she's not here right now, so we'll go with that. We'll go with that, yeah. But what do you think, be, you know, having, being, like you said, one of the few stores that actually has back issues and to a pretty good extent... Mm-hmm. And those can come and go depending on who might be calling you saying, hey, I have a collection to sell and whatnot. But is there any other things, features that are about the Joker's Child that make you different from other stores, would you would you say? I have one in mind. I wasn't sure if it's, I'm going to I'll leave throw it to it you. Out there. Let's hear it. Joker money. Oh, Joker. Well, okay. So in the 90s, there were a lot more stores than there are now. A lot of them went the way 
of wherever stores go when they're no longer in existence. They become store for rent. Caldor uh, land. Yeah, but <laughs> it had to do with discounting. We don't discount per se because it doesn't make a lot of sense in, in retail. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have things that are discounted, but, you know, new comics you really can't do it in because there's very little room to, you know, not have returnable books and at the same time be able to sell them. So what we do is we, we have a thing called Joker Money, which is like a kickback. And it's so it's a percentage back mm-hmm. that you could spend. Uh, the closest thing is if anyone remembers that store Toys R Us, mm-hmm. they had uh, Jeffrey Money, which is instead of getting credit, you would get like paper money that they would want, give you. I just money. want you to know that sense of, does anybody remember Toys R Us just made me so sad just <laughs> now. I, but I, had to, all I had over to again. say that because it was just, it, it's, it's one of my, again, that's the result of two things. Um, just corporate greed, because what, what actually killed them had nothing to do with selling toys. It had to do with the fact that some company at some point bought them and then cashed them out. They accidentally, well, not accidentally, they on purpose, you know, sold off the real estate or, or took out the money or took out the equity and took loans. And, you know, I don't even understand that kind of stuff. But that's what it was. So the company was broke. Now, how does the world's biggest toy store become broke? It's because somebody took all the money. Yes. So that's, that's how that happened. I, you know, supposedly they're coming back now as a mail order company or some yeah, kind it's of like Jeffrey's toy box whatever yeah but the thing is that it sounds vaguely shady and yeah. and and so imagine there's not a single toy company left in America that sells toys in a chain of stores not one yeah Walmart sells toys yes you know Walgreens sells toys i'm sure what is it uh low not lows uh Kohl's is now selling toys target, target. is like supposed to be their the be all end all now. But, they, but the point is but there was this place called the world's biggest toy store, and Toys R Us, mm-hmm. and and it was the greatest store ever, and it, it was gone because somebody took all the money, and that's and that has sooner or later that's a, how it goes. Uh, Amazon is competition to all of these things, and they don't have any stores, so you can't take all their money. They have all their money, <laughs> so it's 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 an incredible thing. But again, back to the Joker money. So it's a kickback. That you get for a percentage of your purchase. So, you know, like if you buy, I don't know, if you buy a million dollars worth of comics from us, you'll get like $100,000 in Joker money. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's pretty much how the percentage works. Yeah. So, you know, feel free to shop anytime. And it's a great, and they don't, ex- the Joker money does not expire. It might dis- disintegrate if it's been used so much. Well, yeah, but it but but never expires. Exchange but, hands. But it, it's, do you know this from experience, Eddie? Yes, I do. So You I, probably got some Joker money, didn't you? I there do. you go. He, okay, he so did. Not as much as I have in the past. And it's good incentive to come back. Well, that's the uh, idea. The, you know. the, the idea is to give you something that makes you come back, and that's the reason we do it. it you know, if it were a discount off the top, then... You don't. You already got the discount, so you don't have to come back. You don't have an incentive. So, yeah. so the incentive is to make you come back, and that's yes, that is why we do it. We think it's a, a fun idea, and for the most part, most people have liked it. But, but that's I think another do. thing too is good that with the uh, new issues, you'll ask bag and board. Oh, again, and not all stores give out bags, but in the end, these are all minor things. I think that people will always buy comics at the store closest to them, like uh, you know. Wherever you guys live, there's a store close to you. We won't name the store yeah. necessarily, but but that store exists. And so, if you want to get the latest issue of, again, name the book by Donnie Cates, um, you more likely. What does that tie into? Well, it's a crossover. Yes, Stop it. you're more likely to buy it from that store simply because they're a mile down the road. Yep. We appreciate the people who drive, you know, 50 miles to 100 miles to 
occasionally a thousand miles to get here. I know some of those people. Shh, that's me. Stop. <laughs> but but the thing is, I don't fault them for not necessarily coming here because you can buy the books anywhere. So if we don't have an extra reason to come, back issues or whatever, you know, the boss is really knowledgeable. She knows everything. She seems to know everyone's name, which is just crazy. But it's very good too. Well, yeah, but I it's still highly personal. I don't know it's, how she does it. She, every um, every customer's name, she remembers them. It's like you know, somebody comes in. It's like I haven't seen you for twenty five years. How you doing? You know, yeah, whatever that person's name, Alex, whatever, yeah, Steve, Bob, Joe, mm-hmm. yeah, Fred. That's a long name. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, and it's funny because I think the boss knew my name from a long time ago. I just hadn't heard it oh, okay. <laughs> being said in any whether it was a bad thing. What do you mean you're opening? Take the tape off. You know, whatever before you. <laughs> Well, no, we like you know, we like our books to stay as minty as possible, exactly, when, when, right. whenever possible. But in my case, not realizing what what run it is, I need to make sure it's the right issue and date and all. But no, no, she's very good at at that. And the thing is, no with doubt. the selection of this place, I've come here in the past looking for certain books, and I found them. Well, I'm happy, although we're missing two. Well, still, still. And, you know, it is possible we have them. By the way, it's just possible we haven't found them yet. Do you have the first um, appearance of Rocket so, Raccoon? So. Again, what stands out about the store, the store is, is about, I don't even know anymore. I forget the numbers. I think it's about 3,000 square feet, mm-hmm. the store itself. Our back room is actually bigger than our store because the back room is behind us where we're sitting right now, which everyone who's listening will know exactly what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and and the room above us, because the actual stock room is directly above our heads and is bigger than the store itself. So we have... You know, a three thousand square foot store and like four thousand square feet of warehouse. So everything is above everything us. is in everything the same is in this location. Building. Yep. So that's that's kind of cool because yeah, you know, most stores don't have everything in house. So we can send somebody to run upstairs, mm-hmm. and as long as they don't get lost, there's a good chance you might get it. That's very good. There yeah. it is. But uh, you know, like anything else, you 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 want to you want to be good at what you do. So so you would know. you say you're the best there is at what you do? No, oh. no, no. I'm I'm I'd say we're really good. Um, again, another store whose name I will not name, but it was one of my favorite things. He's retired now from comic books, but he actually had an ad in either o- in the Overstreet Price Guide or the Comic Buyer's Guide newspaper or somewhere. And his his motto is "We suck less." <laughs> and you remember it too? Oh, absolutely! It was it's my favorite. Such a the, key thing is, <laughs> the thing is, imagine now. I would never say that, but it's it, it was funny. Yeah. And, and so yeah, that, that's what you want to do. You want to do your best to not to not suck, I guess. So that's 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 an important. It's feature. the dream. Yeah, it's the dream of all comic book retailers. So, and probably of all podcasts too. You know, my well, Eddie and I are planning on getting a shirt made for the show. I well, at least I am. You're talking every other week about certain things. You told well, me okay. about a hat. You know, I, mean, I, I will point out this very importantly. You, you de- do need swag. Yeah, you need to make swag because this way, you know, when you have a, a a thing, you'll say, "Well, now this week's swag item that is available <laughs> on." Uh, you know, whatever. All those platforms and, yeah. You, could, you buy through Patreon or whatever it is. It's like, you know. Well, and then you want to not be deplatformed. I don't know what any of these things mean by that. Oh, likewise. I mean, what do all the likes mean to me? I don't know. Uh, I'm they, along for the ride. It means they like you, Eddie. They like oh, you. good. They really they like really, me. really like you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But I, uh, I actually have to read you a review we got for the show. Oh, please. And it's my favorite review of the show I've ever read. The subject line is, are you dad joke immune? Good Marvel podcast. Looks like some good amount of research has been invested, but how you feel about this podcast depends on your tolerance of dad jokes and incessant puns. 
I'd listen to the Thor Dark World episode as a test. I had to shut it off. Five stars. Oh, nice. Very nice. <laughs> you got both the yin and yang of that, I guess. And that is going to be a t-shirt. So I'm excited for that. Well, I, again, I, ho- I hope you get a lot of chance to edit because I'm sure that I went on too long in a lot of places here. So Oh, we're fine with that. We're okay. fine with that. All right. But uh, I don't know. Anything else I can answer for you is about retail. Again, retail, I, I so before this, retail electronics, and then I figured I could do comics. Uh, I sold comics as a kid and then didn't sell them for a while. And then we opened the store, and we, we've done pretty well. Yeah, and you expanded into other lines, whether it be the, the pop figures or the action figures, the statues. Well, again, all other, this stuff is ancillary. Uh, it, it's It's... So not important to the the selling of comics because, so over the years, a lot of people have actually, you know, opened up businesses because they saw us. They said, we want to do, you know, what you do, like retail. The thing is that, and I, I can only say like this, comic books is the most closest thing to being able to legally retail drugs. <laughs> yeah. Because the thing is that people need to come in every week. Or you know, at least every other week, because they have to get their thing. They have fix. to get their fix, mm-hmm. and there's no other business like that. Like, yeah, a grocery store, you have to go in to get your food, so that's a business like it. But you know, if you sell art supplies or anything like that, well, you need them if you need art supplies. But you don't need to get art supplies. You don't need knickknacks. You don't need <laughs> where comic books. If you're into reading them, you want to get your your weekly fix. Yep. And okay. so that's why the business has a certain built-in draw, which other retail businesses don't have, which is why I'm, I'm always worried about retail in general. You know, hardware stores are gone. Electronic stores are gone. Everything that's a normal retail business. And I worry because there'll be a time where, you know, you, you, you saw the, the grandson. He's going to grow up and there's, there's going to be restaurants, nail, nail parlors, oh, hair cutters, yeah. and that's it. And there won't be anything else. And doctors, because you still need to. Well, maybe not. I think they'll have robotic, you know, internet doctors. I wouldn't trust them. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's nothing you could do. It's That's going to be your medical you know, plan in the future. I'll rely on the lay of the land. In Japan, they're already thinking about it, because the thing is that they don't actually have, you know, young people, because they're not really in, importing people from other countries and stuff like that. So all the old people are going to have, like, robotic healthcare workers. Because they're not going to have people to do it, so they're going to have robots to do it, and they're already making these plans for this. So, as long as they're reading comic books, by the way, I don't really care. What an ending to a great episode on the road with the marvelous uh, at Joker's Child in Fairlawn. Like I said, I've probably been with you one way, shape, or form since since the beginning, uh, leaving the area in '98, uh, but but coming back on a somewhat regular basis, and I'm so happy that you're still here. I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say, what are your plans for the future? Where do you see yourself in five years? You're going to just Celebrating still, the five-year anniversary of you asking him that 30, question. Yes. That could be that. Or you know what? Still it, doing what you're doing. In five years, there'll be a eight-and-a-half-year-old running the store. Yes. Because he's more likely to be running the store than I am. In, in running years. around the store right now, but yeah. Yeah, well, right now he's, he's making Play-Doh stuff. <laughs> but I'm telling you, he's, he's going to be able to run this place in about five years. So, mm-hmm. so you know. He's got it built into him, so it's, I, I envied him before saying he's growing up with all this around him, and yeah, absolutely. And he's he's very very savvy to all the superhero stuff. It's like, you know, for 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 birthdays and Christmas and whatever else he wants to get, he's he's he wants 
superhero stuff. So you know, I, but it's also the superhero stuff is is everywhere, and that's more mm-hmm. again having to do not with the comics, but the the branding, which yeah. isn't bad for us. Mm-mm. But as I said, it's anything that sells more comics is good, and there you are. Thank you again, Len Katz, Joker's Child in Fairlawn, New Jersey. How can people find you? Jokerschild.com, and then there's all the connections through that. Absolutely. So now, Eddie, before we go, let's go through our final oh, social media rigmarole. <laughs> we just replay the beginning, I guess. Well, you could. We could. Never thought of that before. It's been almost a year. Jeez. Still. Anyway, go on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Marvelous. Give us a like on there. He go. has to point to me all the time. I like doing I'm a pointer. You also have to go on to Twitter at The Marvelous. Give us a follow on there. Follow myself at Peter Melnick. Eddie doesn't want any of your nonsense. And The Joker's Child, once again, is on Twitter. And we're all the on other Twitter, stuff. we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Uh, Jokerschild.com will get you the website. And if it gets you the website, then you'll be able to find everything after that because I don't know the exact locations or everything. I know they're there. It's that a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Go on Instagram at The Marvelists. Oh, I'm sorry. You sure? Yes. You'd retract? Do Redacted. We Do we edit? No. You can also follow myself on Instagram, at Peter Melnick, yourself. Eddie, 9193. And also, drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. You can also go on Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio. Spotify. Spotify, iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe, and share. Oh, and those other things except iTunes, available for all iOS and Android devices. So, yeah. For Peter Melnick, I'm Peter Melnick. For the Joker's Child, I'm Len Katz. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.